Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. The text for this evening is the Deuteronomy reading that Vicar Matt uh, just read. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I wonder what comes to mind for you when you hear the word freedom. Young people, the summer vacation isn't too far away now, so maybe you're thinking of the end of school and maybe that sounds to you like freedom. You parents with all the kids at home, maybe summer vacation is not so much freedom for you. Freedom continues to be a big topic of discussion and debate in our public life, doesn't it? And so we hear about freedom of speech, freedom of the press, religious freedom, reproductive freedom, and on it goes. Everyone seems to think that freedom is important, they want it, but to agree on what it actually is, that's a bit more difficult. We're a bit like those people in the Gospel reading speaking to Jesus who say to him, how is it you can say we will be made free? In other words, what sort of freedom are you talking about, Jesus? What is true freedom? Let's think a little more deeply about this tonight, especially as we look at this text from the book of Deuteronomy. As we take this road to redemption on this Wednesday evening during Lent, looking at the redeeming work of Christ, especially as it's foreshadowed in the Old Testament. And in this text, we'll see especially two things about true freedom. That freedom comes from the Lord and that freedom leads to the Lord. So here are the Israelites in the book of Deuteronomy. They've been wandering through the wilderness for all this time. They're finally at the threshold of the promised land. They're ready to go in and obtain this inheritance that God had promised them. When I read the book of Deuteronomy in this setting with Moses and the Israelites about to enter, something comes to mind for me like those moments in a car family trip where it's been a long journey and you're just about to get to where you're going. And maybe mum and dad take a moment to sort of gather themselves and say, now kids, it's been a long journey. There's been some ups and downs, but now that we're here at grandma and grandpa's place, whatever it is, let's remember why we're here. And let's remember how to behave once we get inside. Moses is doing something like this en masse with the people of Israel. This long journey through the wilderness. Now we're here. The promised land is right over there. So let's gather ourselves for a moment. And Moses is going to have a fair bit to say in this book about how they are to live in the land, how they're to behave. We'll even get to that towards the end of our text. But in the first part, what he really wants to stress is how they got there, is what the Lord has done for them in the past, and that they can't forget this. You see, a whole generation had passed by now, and we so easily forget, don't we, what has been done for us in the past in general, and even more, what God has done for us. 
Moses gets at this with some powerful rhetorical questions for the people. He says, ask yourselves these questions. Have you ever heard anything like this? From the day that God created man on the earth, from one end of heaven to the other, have you ever heard something like this? That a God took for himself a nation from the midst of another people. That he went in and freed them by trials and signs and wonders and war. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Moses says, don't forget this. Remember what the Lord has done. Remember that freedom came from the Lord. And he goes on and he says, this all happened because God loved your fathers. He chose their offspring. He brought you out. And now he's bringing you in. Freedom comes from the Lord, which is to say a very simple truth. That freedom did not come from them. That's the temptation. The people of Israel were not in Egypt and rising up in rebellion and by their own strength and might freeing themselves from their slavery. That's not how it happened. That is never how it happens because the nature of slavery, what makes this such a powerful image in the Bible, it is that it's the very act of enslavement which means that you can do nothing about it. You're powerless. You can't come to someone with shackles around their wrists and ankles and say, be free, because they can't do it themselves. Someone needs to come in from the outside to break those shackles, to unloose those bonds. The scriptures show us that this exodus, the Lord freeing his people out of Egypt, points forward to the work of Christ. Jesus says in this gospel reading tonight, doesn't he? Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. There's a spiritual slavery that is far deeper and more powerful than anything the Israelites experienced in Egypt. And Jesus has come to free us from that slavery. But just like the Israelites, we are prone to forget what a radical thing that is. We find it difficult to actually admit that apart from Christ and his work, we're actually in spiritual slavery. Powerless to do anything about it. The last congregation I served back home in Australia, I had the opportunity to sit in on some groups who met in our church facilities who followed the 12-step programs. You know what those are, Alcoholics Anonymous, those sorts of groups. I had the opportunity to sit in with them and just get to know them and, and be a presence in those groups, and it was fascinating. Because never in my life have I heard such clarity, such honesty about what it truly is to be spiritually enslaved, to be in bondage. There was something about this dramatic manifestation of it in their lives which gave them the clarity to be able to say, yeah, I am powerless over this. 
They won't even let you in the program. It's built into the system unless you can get to that point and say, yes, I am powerless over given substance and life has become unmanageable. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not yet true freedom. It's certainly not the gospel. But gee, it's not a bad start. And I heard people articulate in those rooms spiritual slavery far better than I ever heard in church on Sunday including for myself. It's not a bad place to come to. Because when you see how truly powerless you are in true spiritual bondage and slavery, then you can hear the wonder of what Christ has come to do for you. That he has come to break those shackles. He has come to bring you true freedom. Moses says the Lord brought the Israelites freedom Out of slavery, he brought them out by trials, by signs and wonders, by war. We remember all that from the Exodus account. But what God has done in Christ for you is even greater. He's brought you out by the trials of the suffering of the Son of God, by the sign of the darkness at midday at the cross, by the wonder of the earthquake at the empty tomb by the war against the devil himself, which he has won, and he won for you to bring you the true freedom that comes only from him. True freedom comes from the Lord. But true freedom also leads to the Lord. Don't miss this aspect of the text as well. Why did the Lord do all this for the people of Israel? What does Moses say about this? He says very clearly, To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. He says it again in verse 39. Know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. There is no other. Why did the Lord free the people of Israel from their slavery in Egypt? So they might know him. Not just know about him. Not just know him like I know who is the president of the United States, but to truly know him. To become a part of his family, a son or a daughter, to be in fellowship with him. That's why he brought them out to take a people a nation for himself this is important to see because it's not as if the lord rescues his people from egypt frees them from their slavery and then says to them well here you go guys i've done it for you you're free now the world's your oyster go for it exercise your freedom and if you want to worship me that's great If you want to try something else, that's cool too. It's not anything like that, is it? He rescues them. He frees them to lead them to himself so they might know him. The Lord is a gracious God. He is merciful and full of love and compassion and he acts in grace to free those people. But make no mistake, he is also a jealous God. And he will not compete for their devotion. 
just as he will not compete for ours. True freedom leads to the Lord. And true freedom leading to the Lord is also freedom in the new life that he gives us to live. Did you hear where the text ended up? Therefore, you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today. True freedom leads to the Lord and to the life that he calls us to live. The world would have you think that true freedom is autonomy, your own law, independence, going your own way. But the freedom that Christ comes to bring us is very different. It's a freedom where being freed from serving one master, you're not bringing brought to a place of independence, but to a new place of serving the true master, serving the Lord Jesus in his house. That's true freedom. Freedom in the Lord, freedom in his ways, in his commandments. One of the issues that societies often struggle with is people reoffending after they've been in prison and finding themselves back in prison. This is a problem in all countries. You know about this. And you've heard about all the money that's sometimes poured into rehabilitation programs and things like this. And my understanding is that one of the things that happens in these efforts is that as much work as you do at that end of the process, there's another important piece that needs to be attended to if you're actually going to see results. People don't just need help in prison before they come out. They need even more help when you go out. Because where are you going to go? It's one thing to walk out of that prison. It's another thing to have somewhere to go, a community in which to be, a fulfilling life to live. And that's what the Lord gives you. He takes you out of this house of bondage to bring you into his house, to live under him, to know him, to serve him and to serve others in his name. There's a beautiful hymn that puts this so well, more poetically and succinctly than I can. It's called Lord of Creation. And the second verse says, Lord of all power, I give you my will. In joyful obedience, your tasks to fulfill. Your bondage is freedom. Your service is song. And held in your keeping, my weakness is strong. True freedom comes from the Lord. True freedom leads to the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, hear again the words of Moses, now transposed into a new covenant key. Children of God, know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord, Father, Son and Holy Spirit is your God. And there is no other. He has brought you out of slavery to sonship, to serve the living God. Since the day he created man on the earth from one end of heaven to the other, have you ever heard of such a thing as this? In the name of Jesus.
Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.